In this episode, I'm going to be sharing my stories of the dark side of e-commerce. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. This is an episode I've been meaning to make for quite some time because I think there's a few things behind the scenes that not a lot of e-commerce gurus or a lot of dropshipping store promoters or a lot of e-commerce brand owners generally talk about. If they're promoting creating an e-commerce business or launching a store or dropshipping or building a brand, all of these different pieces, I think some of these things you don't actually realize until you've got your head in the deep end, until you're in it, you're spending a fair bit of money, you're spending a lot of time building your own store or brand that you actually come to realize some of these things. And I think if you sort of knew some of these before you got started, I think it would influence a lot of people to do things differently, to look at things through a different lens right from the get-go. And I think where most of this comes from and where this perception of dropshipping especially, and I know most of you listening, you're either running a dropshipping store or you're scaling your own brand. And I think when it comes to dropshipping, the allure of it, you know, the reason that it pulls in people is because First of all, it's like the perception that it's easy to set up, it's easy to you know make lots of sales, it's easy to find a winning product, create a store, sell a lot of stuff. And whilst I might agree with that, look, the model itself, it makes sense. The fact that you don't have to hold inventory, so it reduces overhead costs. The fact that it's easier as a system because you don't have to manage logistics, you don't have to manage product development, you don't have to look at the quality of products, you, know, you don't have to look at all of these moving pieces and that's handled by the manufacturer and the person that ships it to your customers. All you have to worry about is using advertising, creating a great store, building a bit of a brand around it so that you can actually market that product the right way and get people to buy. So I understand why it's attractive, not only from that perspective, because it's relatively easy to manage that side of things, even if you have no background in e-commerce logistics, if you have no background in developing products, if you have no background in managing shipping of products to customers. So it removes that part of the equation. So then you just have to focus on the marketing, the advertising, the brand development and promoting those things. And so when it comes to that part, I think there's a lot of different strategies. And I think the way a lot of e-commerce course owners or a lot of people that promote their way of doing e-commerce or building a store or launching a brand is that they've sort of developed these nuances of what's worked really, really well for them. They may have found this initial strategy, this initial you know, foundation. And then from there, they've tried new things, they maybe tested new techniques and they found something, this fusion of you know, certain strategies and ways of doing things that have worked really, really well for them. And so they grab that and they decide, okay, cool. This works so, so well for me. I've got all these incredible results. I built a store from this to this in this time frame, And you know, I've done all these incredible things. How about I package this up and I put it into a course. And how about I show people how to do this themselves and follow my blueprint, my formula to achieve what I've achieved with a different product or brand. And overall, I absolutely love the idea of online education. I love the idea that somebody who has experience with something can share their knowledge, can blueprint something out in that way and show people how to get from A to Z from where they are now to where they want to be with online education and documenting how they do things and basically shortcutting the learning curve. And instead of spending all that time trial and error, trying to figure it out on their own and trying to test all these different ad strategies and spend all this money on product development and testing new products and store optimization and trialing all of these different marketing methods, they can skip all that and just go to the stuff that's worked really well for the person that's created 
created the course. And I think overall the premise of it is amazing. The premise of online education, being able to shortcut all of the mistakes. Obviously there's always gonna be mistakes, but shortcut a lot of the wasted time or the wasted money that the initial person has put into building that brand or learning this method that works for them. And so first of all, I just wanna like start with that premise there. Absolutely love the idea of online education. But I feel as if now, because of the ability to create content, you know, even the ability for me to grab a microphone, to put the camera on, create a podcast and release it out there and for you to be listening to it, the fact that information is a lot easier to distribute now. It's a lot easier to get your information, your point of view, the way you see things out there online. And that's an amazing thing as well. The fact that we can have all these diversity of opinions and thoughts going out there online on a whole bunch of different topics. But where I think it becomes a bit murky is when the information that's being shared isn't 100% truthful or the information that's being shared is hyped up and there's a lot of you know fear tactics being used to sell people on courses and programs just to follow the way that they have used. And I think when it comes to e-commerce and it comes to dropshipping especially, I see it a lot with certain online business models where there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of gurus. There's a lot of cowboys. There's a lot of people that you know, know what they've done. They've built something using their method and then they try and distribute that out to other people. And full credit to the people out there that do incredible stuff, that sell a program, that walk through an easy to follow course that really, really helps people that develop incredible results and they get amazing results. So uh, credit to them because it takes a lot of work to build something like that. And I've seen behind the scenes what it takes to, to build a course or to distribute it out, to get it out there to get people to buy and actually show them that it's really, really going to help them and that the investment they're making is a huge one. It's, it's going to pay off time and time again. And the other side, so I first want to again say huge credit to those people who do it ethically. They do it the right way. They have the right intent behind it because they actually want to help people and they want to show people the process that actually works. But then we have the other side. We have the other side where it's sharing constant screenshots of people making money online, of you know, all of these behind the scenes things saying, this is my method that will get you from zero to 100K in seven days. And you know, all of these things where they don't have the right intent, you know, if you end up joining their programs or I've seen a lot of you know, bad things online where you know, all these people are being called out as scammers or being called out as you know, just their programs not working for them you know, getting people's money and then just ignoring them and giving them subpar training. And whilst I feel most of those videos aren't correct, I've, you know, there's been loads of programs that I've invested in where some people are just upset, they don't get results, they think it's the program creator not paying attention or they think it's the program creator putting out subpar training material. But I don't think that's always the case. You know, I've been through these programs you know, and a few of them where the creators have come under a bit of criticism and scrutiny because some people just didn't get the results they were looking for. And it's like, that just happens sometimes. That just happens when some people don't bring the right mind frame to a certain training program or they don't bring the right mindset to the course content and actually apply every step because it works. And so I think overall, you know, as long as people have the right intent when it comes to training content, I feel like there'd be a lot less issues, you know, when it comes to online courses and there being sort of this stigma around certain online business courses, especially in the e-commerce space, about not delivering results, about you know just hyping up the information and playing on people's fears and sort of like painting this future where they can sit on a beach with their laptop making thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions a month purely from e-commerce. And while people do it, and there have been proven cases where people have done it time and time again, these are just some of the few things that have really stood out to me that 
if I knew these beforehand, or at least if we can be more honest and transparent about what actually goes on behind the scenes with e-commerce. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows, and you know that. It's not just this magical thing that you plug into one day and then life's great. There are moving pieces and there are lots of things that you have to consider. Obviously, you want to keep it as simple as possible, but there's a lot of things that maybe you didn't realize at the start, maybe that have challenged you a fair bit, like they have me especially. And some of those things, this is what I really discovered when I was getting into e-commerce for the first time. And just to backtrack, launched a store where I was trying to do a free plus shipping offer for a women's bracelet and women's apparel called Apollo Apparel. That store never really worked. I got like four or five sales from like $150 in Twitter ad spots. So I wasn't even running Facebook ads or Instagram ads or anything like that. I wasn't even creating video ads. This was purely from Twitter ad spots through sort of micro influencers and things like that. So that was a very interesting time. Uh, there was a lot of fun there, learn a lot of stuff, but again, wasted some money. But I, I still think it was important on the journey. Then I launched Keys, a one product store around a leather key organizer. Then from that didn't work. And then I tried to launch a general product store where I test a whole bunch of different products, find which ones showed some promise, and then build one product stores around those. And that seemed to work for quite some time. For a few months, I started to get sales, validating some products, and then trying to scale them up with their one product stores. And I had some success there, I'd say. Some products that would work really well, turn them into one product stores, and we're starting to get some really good sales. And that led us to sort of earlier this year where we relaunched one of those brands that was working quite well after you know we rejigged, we refocused, and we brought new creative and a new approach to it. And we got decent results, and that was Solar Garden. And I've talked about that in some previous episodes as well. And so the, through the process of launching probably, I don't know, six one product stores and launching maybe 15 to 30 products on a general store with considerable amounts of ad spend behind them, testing, lots of time spent developing them out and also being in constant contact with our clients who are using our video ads from Crafted, who are using them to you know, run in their campaigns and they're spending from 10K a month upwards to 100K a month on ads. And so there's a lot of learnings that have gone on over the past 12 months. and figuring out, okay, this is something that I didn't know about at the start, but if I did, maybe it would have helped me a lot more. And some of these things that I discovered while building these stores was that shipping costs can sometimes really kill your profit margins. There are generally low profit margins when it comes to drop shipping. That there's little quality control that you actually have when you don't create the product yourself or you oversee the manufacturing of it. And it all depends on the relationship that you have with your supplier. And another part was differentiation and making your store unique. It's not so much about just slapping some nice branding on there, writing some good copy for your website. There needs to be other ways that you can differentiate your branding, your product. And when you're dropshipping and someone else can just start up a store today and copy your exact product, you don't have that luxury. And that's something that can really cut your sales in half quickly. You could be scaling up, doing so incredibly well. And I've seen this with some brands. I've seen this with people I know where they have a store. It's doing really, really well. They're growing super fast. And all of a sudden, a computer competitor enters the market out of nowhere, they start selling the same product, and then all of a sudden you're starting to lose this market share because there was nothing really unique about your brand in the first place. And then they start sapping this market share, and then all of a sudden your monthly revenue has just dipped hugely because of this one competitor that decided to copy your idea or replicate the same store structure you're using. And all of a sudden you can't scale up anymore. And so that was another thing I discovered is that it's very, very difficult to differentiate yourself when other people can just copy your product. And the last one, which I think this has been the most important for me, the one that has really opened my eyes a lot to what dropshipping is all about is that the numbers people share aren't telling the full story. 
And I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier on, about people promoting their way of doing things, promoting you know, their way of building a store, launching an e-commerce brand, and sharing screenshots about the sales they're getting every day, sharing the screenshots of their monthly revenue inside of the Shopify app, and all of those things. And what you see with those numbers is that you see this big number. You see $50,000 in this month. You see $3,000 today. You see $15,000 today. You see one million in the past month. And you see these numbers, and you start comparing to them. You start thinking, well, if they can do that, like surely I can do that. I want to I make that amount of money. I want to build a store that gets that many sales. And so you get really sucked in because of this social proof, because of these screenshots, because of this review content that, hey, they've done it. So surely they can teach me how to do it as well. Surely if I just follow their method, I'm going to be able to generate those results. And while that might be true most of the time, or you know, a large percentage of the time, if you approach it with the right mindset, the right tenacity and the right resources to make it happen, one thing that isn't talked about all that much from what I've seen is that those numbers are revenue numbers. Those numbers that you see on a Shopify dashboard paint a picture of the top line revenue. They don't paint a picture of the profit. They don't paint a picture of how much money that person, that store owner is actually keeping after everything has been taken away, after they've shipped the product to the customer, after they've paid for the product, after they've covered ad costs and all of the other things that come into the e-commerce equation, how much are they actually left with? And this surprised me a huge amount. The very slim profit margins you work with with dropshipping, especially if you start talking smaller products with lower ticket prices, it can get very, very razor thin. And so it's hard to scale that. If I was to backtrack and start looking at why I got into e-commerce in the first place, why I got into dropshipping at the start of 2018 for the first time with my first store, spending some time on it. It was because I would see the screenshots of these gurus or people that would share how they did it in the e-commerce space, these like e-com influencers. And I would get sucked into it and think, wow, they did 120K this month. Like surely like, that's ridiculous. Those are just ludicrous numbers. And I would really get sucked into this because as a 17 year old, I was looking at this stuff and thinking, these are ridiculous numbers. My parents don't talk about these numbers. Anyone I know doesn't talk about these numbers. And all of a sudden I've got someone on my Instagram feed saying how they've made 350K in the last month. And I'm like, is, don't you make that in like four years? Isn't that a normal thing to do? Isn't it not normal to make that in a month? Like that's ludicrous. And so I'd look at that. It shock me. I'd be like, wow, that's ridiculous. It then build on my fears and being like, oh, I want to build something like that, but I don't know how to, like, how do you do it? That seems really complicated and hard. And that's where they come in with the pitch for the course. That's where they come in and say, all you need to do is book in a one hour call with me. All you need to do is buy my course for, you know, a, however much it is, if it's 497, 997, 1997, you know, they love the nine sevens. And so they sell that. And then you've got this blueprint. But then you still don't realize some of these other things until you start going through it. There isn't this upfront disclaimer that, hey, as a dropshipper, this is the revenue you could make, but then these are the actual profit margins that you can expect to keep after all of it's said and done. And those numbers aren't talked about. Even if you make 50K in a day, you might only end up keeping seven to 10K of that, you know, if you're lucky with your profit margins, or if you have a certain brand and you've built a really powerful e-commerce brand, your profit margins might be higher, you know, 25, 35, 45%. I've seen some people where they have their margins up at like 65% because they leverage a lot of organic traffic and, you know, really building with their email list. But that obviously takes time. And so when you see those posts online of people building these stores or when they share that screenshot, when they do that first $1,000 day, they're super excited and super pumped. But what you don't see behind the scenes is that most of the time, 
their profit margins suck. They're terrible. And that it's hard because you've done this and you think, surely I'm going to be rewarded for all of this. You do this $1,000 a day and then all of a sudden as you're starting out and you're spending a lot of money on building your store and running ads and you know all of these things, you realize that you're only making like 100, 150 bucks. And it's painful because you're putting all this time and effort to build something you don't realize because you were never told that the profit margins are gonna be like this. Of course you knew that, look, you're gonna have to spend money to end up making that revenue. You're gonna have to spend money on ads on the product and all of those things. But there's not sort of this upfront transparency when it comes to realistic expectations of e-commerce, when it comes to understanding what you're actually going to get out of it and that it's not some put money in, put a very little amount of money in and get ridiculous amounts out because that's not how e-commerce works. Take Solar Garden, for example. It's a brand that we launched on February 19th of 2021 after you know having it live in November last year for the first time. We relaunched it. We kept it live for five weeks. So it ended up being closed off around sort of late April uh, towards the start of May. And in that time, it did 62K in revenue. The profit margin was about 12%. And we had to stop it due to cash flow issues. Like there was a point where we're spending $1,200 a day on ads. All of a sudden it's like, there's no cash left because you're spending that much and you have to spend that much to fulfill it. But then the money that you're getting back is taking one to two days, sometimes three days to come back from the payment processes. And so you sort of got this cash flow buffer where you need this chunk of cash to be able to keep it flowing consistently. And so I think when I was first getting started with building a store or a brand, I didn't know that. I thought, look, you can get these numbers. You can put money in, very little amount of money for ad spend, and that's all you need to do. And then you'll pay for product costs. It'll keep very, very low costs, and we can scale up like that. And while if you were doing it slower, I guess you wouldn't need that float of cash most of the time. But I'm sure if you're listening to this, you want to scale fast. You don't want to build a store in you know four years up to you know 50k a month. You want to do it in the next two months. You want to go fast. You want to build it up, scale it up, see if it's really valid and something that you can turn into a full-fledged brand if you're drop shipping. Or if you're a brand owner, you've already got the product, you've already got the brand, and you want to scale up as fast as possible and get more customers into your brand and using your product. So of course it makes sense to want to do it quickly. And that was the same mentality that I was adopting is that I don't want this to take four years. I don't want this to take two years. I don't want it to take one year. I want to get to that level of consistent monthly revenue so we can scale up within a very short time frame. So that obviously meant a lot on ad spend, a lot on stock costs, and a lot on other expenses. So out of that 62,000 in revenue over that five-week stretch, about 7,500 ended up being pure profit. And that's something I didn't know from the start. You see the screenshots of someone doing 50K, 100K, 200K, you know, a million, whatever it is. And so again, out of that 62K, 7.5K was profit from like 900 orders. And so I sort of started to realize like, hey, why don't we just drop this curtain on hiding behind revenue numbers, hiding behind the top line revenue when the real number that people care about is the profit. And at the end of the day, you can make all the money in the world, but if you're not keeping any of it at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. It's not gonna, as these you know e-commerce people say, and as these course owners and people that promote their way of doing things say, it's not gonna change your life if you don't have money at the end. It's not gonna allow you to achieve all these benefits they talk about. They might say, you know, get more freedom or quick your nine to five or you know, build a brand that you're really proud of or all of these different things. You're not going to be able to do that if you don't keep any money at the end, no matter how great your revenue is, if there's no profit, then it doesn't mean anything. So I think out of everything, this was the most alarming truth for me. Sort of the darker side of e-commerce, the fact that you can hide behind the revenue numbers. You can hide behind those screenshots of Shopify and your dashboard 
But when push comes to shove and when you sit and you lay your head on the pillow at the end of the day, you've got to reflect on the amount of money that's actually come through to your bank account and that you're keeping. So now understanding that darker side of e-commerce and look, some of you might say it's not that important. You know, you know this already, you know that profit margins are going to be lower because you're drop shipping and you're not in control of the full production and fulfillment process. And I understand that. And, you know, looking back, if I had this sort of knowledge, I guess I still would have followed the same process. It wouldn't have changed my trajectory all of that much, but it would have been a great understanding to have. So you don't get sucked into that new shiny object, that new ad strategy, that new e-commerce method. And just understand the fundamentals is that if you can sell a product that people actually want, you can market it in a way that's better than any of your competitors can. And you understand how the mechanics of e-commerce work and you understand that, look, there may be lower profit margins, but if you can do it the right way, then you can maximize those sales and move that up over time as you build more of a brand. If I knew that at the start, I think the journey would have been slightly different. So if I was to put it down to sort of top four tips that I've extracted from, I guess, being in the e-commerce space for a short amount of time for actually diving in and building a store or build, trying to build a brand or launching products, spending my own money on testing some of these methods that these gurus talk about. I think these would be the top things that I would say as a tip if you're just getting started or maybe you're already running an e-commerce brand, but you just haven't considered this part of it like this. You haven't framed it in this way where you realize that you're often sold that lie up front and then told that, hey, this is just part of the process as soon as you get into their course or as soon as you give the money, you, then you're going to realize what it's all about. You're going to realize that you're not getting all of the, that revenue in and you're making a much smaller percentage in terms of total profit. So my first tip would be focusing on building a brand and creating something new. So as I said, one of the key issues with dropshipping is that it's hard to differentiate yourself. It's very, very difficult when someone can just copy your product, they can copy your store. And I've seen it happen a few times and it's, it's, it's terrible, but it happens because people will go out there, they'll find a product that you're already selling and is doing well, and they will then start selling it and marketing to your same audience and you will lose customers because of it. So when you wanna focus on building a brand and creating something new, it's because dropshipping is gonna get you to that decent level, I guess. And this is what I've sort of come to understand. It will get you to a decent level, but if you wanna scale up and you wanna build a powerhouse brand, then you have to transition into you know, private labeling or then you have to transition into building your own products or you have to move to that next stage. And it's sort of this evolution process where of course, if you stay as a dropshipper, you're gonna have to compete with all the other dropshippers who just are in it for a quick buck. But if you wanna build a powerhouse brand and take it to that next level, that's where you obviously need to start looking at researching your own products, finding new ones that you can develop yourself or partnering with local manufacturers or suppliers to sell their products. And that's where you can have that real differentiate. And that's how you can really set yourself apart and really be in it for the long term. So just number one, again, focus on building a brand and creating something new. And then number two, this is something that I've sort of uncovered is that you don't want to overcomplicate things. And I think I've said this a lot of times on the podcast is that whenever you can keep things simple. And I think a really good example of this is the story of Steve Jobs. And if you've read the book from uh, Ken Segal called, I think it's the obsession with simplicity or the art of simplicity. And it talks about Steve's obsession with simplicity and how if anything wasn't simple from product design to product packaging to marketing to everything in between, just Apple in general, then he'd hit it with the simple stick, which is it needs to be simplified. And so I think when it comes to building your own store 
or running your first ad campaign or scaling up for the first time is don't overcomplicate things because as soon as you add extra layers of complexity, as soon as you start adding extra plugins to your store through Shopify and it just starts decreasing load speed, it starts adding this layer of messiness to your store sometimes. When it comes to running those ad campaigns, if you don't give Facebook liquidity and let it do what it needs to do, then chances are it's not gonna perform as well. And when you're creating ad creative, don't try and go over the top and spend five, $10,000 on making ads. Keep it simple and don't overcomplicate things. Create content that people are already consuming. So that would be my second tip. Don't overcomplicate things. Now, if we move on to number three, trust your gut. And I think something that I've uncovered going through this brief e-commerce journey is that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So when you're seeing these screenshots, or when you're seeing these ridiculous results, if they're saying you can do 200K, 300K a month and it's gonna be super easy, smooth sailing, then if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. The fact that they're probably not telling you everything that's going on. The fact that there's probably a lot going on behind the scenes for them to get to that level if they've done it with their store. And when it comes to trusting your gut, if you see something and you just feel off about it for some reason, if you see a certain guru promoting their ad method or way of doing things or saying you need to buy their course just to get results, then don't believe them. You don't need to buy a course to get great results with e-commerce. You don't need to follow a certain method and that's the only method you have to follow to get results. There isn't this one size fits all approach for e-commerce, but if there was, it would be keeping things simple, focusing on the customer and selling a great product. And all of these other things out there are a distraction in general. Of course, as you want to specialize, you want to learn more. You want to dive into different ways people are teaching it. But from the get-go, if you're ever stuck with scaling or creating your own creative or trying to figure out how to launch a store the best way, just come back to the fundamentals. You know, you don't need to buy a course just to figure out how to do something. There's a lot of free information out there. And that's the goal with this podcast is to create a lot of amazing content, a lot of free information that you can consume, that you can follow, that you can take tidbits from and apply for your own store or brand. And that you shouldn't feel the need to go and buy an expensive program just to figure out how to do things. And that's why I'm always trying to over deliver, always trying to give as much value and just highlight as many things that we learn about e-commerce without hiding behind this curtain and this barrier of like a thousand dollar course. I'm not hiding behind it. I'm trying to give you everything that we've done, that we've done for clients, the best approaches, the best strategies, all of I can, I'm trying to give it to you so you can use it. And moving on to tip number four is stay focused on what you're doing. Put on your blinders. You know, the horses while they're racing, they've got the blinders on. They're focused on their end result. They're focused about running in a straight line towards their goal, which is the finish line. They're not worried about what the other horses are doing. They're focused on their lane. So when it comes to building your store, when it comes to scaling your brand, just focus on what you're doing. Of course, it's great to have an understanding of the competitors, how they're approaching things. So you can learn from them. You can learn what they're doing, what's working, what's not, and sort of pinpoint those weaknesses. But when it comes to building your brand and scaling it, just focus on what's working for you. Just focus on keeping things simple and just focusing on you. I would spend time building a store or building a brand then get sucked in after I'd finished it, getting sucked into the teachings of someone else. And they'd say, you absolutely need to do this, 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 and this. And then I'd be like, oh, do I have to scrap my store that I just built and start from scratch? And then, you know, I'd delete a few things that I did and then, you know, rebuild them up following the new method. And then you'd find this Instagram post saying, here are the top three things you need for your e-commerce store. And then you'd be like, oh, I missed number one and three. Does that mean I have to, you know, go back to my store and add them in? And it just gets so messy because you're taking all of this insight from all of these different people and it just 
it's a bit of an information overload. And I find it sometimes when you're trying to build a, an e-commerce store or trying to figure out what the best kind of creative is or the best email marketing flows or any piece of the e-commerce machine, there's so much information and it's information overload. So stay focused on what you're doing. That's what I'd say. And just to summarize those top four tips is that focus on building a brand and creating something new. Number two is don't overcomplicate things. Number three, trust your gut. And number four, stay focused on what you're doing. And that brings us to the end of this episode. And I really hope you enjoyed hearing a bit about my short journey in e-commerce so far. And what I've sort of uncovered, having jumped into the deep end, us creating video ads for some really, really big brands, some six, seven, and eight figure brands, and spending our own money trying to launch our own stores and brands as well. So if you enjoyed this episode, what I would really appreciate is if you could leave it a review. It'll literally take you 15 to 35 seconds just to leave a review. And it means so much because it gives context to new people who maybe are checking out the show, what you found valuable from it and why they should listen. Plus it sort of shows me like, hey, let's continue making these episodes and doing this. So any review at all, I would really, really appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next episode.